Yes, yes, yes. Hello and welcome to the Streamcast. I'm Tracer, and I'm here with... Loba. And Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> wow. What games has Nigel been in? Oh, he was in a PC game and a Game Boy Advance game. So it counts. I respect it. That's a deep cut. Marianne would be proud. <laughs> and we also Marianne. have... <laughs> Stop it, Nigel. <laughs> and we also have a very special guest, Kyle. Welcome to yes. Streamcast. Thank you kindly. It's, 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 it's been long overdue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. COVID, COVID threw us off the path, but we finally got there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling, Carl? How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Um, been relaxing, playing games at home, uh, just doing plans here and there, realigning my mindset for the changed world. Um, yeah, just been... It's been focusing really or attempting to. Oh, good. Glad to hear it. So, we'll talk about you for a bit. To people who don't know who you are, what do you do? So, I am um, the, well, I'm an arena specialist at a place called Belong Stratford, a part of Belong Gaming Arenas. We're situated in Stratford Westfield, and we are the second, nope, the third largest now. Uh, esports gaming arena in the country um, people can come in play games chill with their friends have food and drink that's imported from America with all the sugar they could possibly desire um, <laughs> yeah any of the biggest and best games we've got available for people to play you can hold your events there you can have birthday parties um, but due to the the new rulings and government procedures and things like that um, Things are a bit dumbed down for the time being. Um, so even my kind of secondary role, I guess, of being a, a community builder um, has kind of taken a little bit of a toll because tournaments and things like that kind of have to be put on hold a bit while we focus and figure out exactly what we can do. Um, but I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the, social, the social enigma of, of, that, of that arena, I guess you could say. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> so when you mentioned uh, stuff being put on hold, that's to be expected because obviously there has been a deadly virus going on outside if uh, people aren't aware. And has that shifted the focus of Gamer Tour? So, for example, um, we've seen a lot of people do online tournaments instead of physical yeah. ones. Is yeah. that a route that game has gone down or belong, I should say? Yeah, um, it is. It's definitely a, a route that, that Belong are now starting to take. Um, the original format of most of the, the tournaments we were doing is you'd basically roll into your local arena um, and you would just just have to be in the arena to take part in them. Like Arenas could do their own tournaments. Belong as a whole could hold a tournament across the arenas. Um, but, yeah, we've just been doing online tournaments and... Um, yeah, they've been they've been going pretty well. I think I think we were doing up to like eleven games at at once in tournaments throughout wow. the week. So um, we were trying to we were trying to capture all the possible um, player bases we could, um, aside from Fortnite. 
Um, but yeah, you could do Valorant, you could do Overwatch, you could do Tekken, um, you could do TFT. That was a wide range of games that were available. So it has it has definitely shifted um, what people are able to do, um, but it's things seem to be normalising like gradually. So over the next two three months, we should see a a return of normality in some cases, but um, I think the world has pretty much changed forever now, to be honest. <laughs> so um, there are certain things that I think are already, always going to be in place, um, but it's it's good. It's it's a good change. I think I think the future holds a lot more brightness than people are readily able to accept, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, I think you're definitely right there. I think some things have been changed permanently um, in terms of how the world's going to function. Um, there's going to be a lot more reliance on Wi-Fi and remote working, for example. And I think that's something that has to be implemented by pretty much every functioning body throughout this country. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it's, it's all it's all working in the in the in the right direction. Um, everyone in the communities are are still enjoying themselves. They're still bantering. They're still having a good time. Uh, however they can so yeah it's all good it's all positive there we go and you know at times like this this is all you <laughs> it's all you can do focus on the positives exactly yeah exactly so uh why don't you tell us a little bit about the stratford spartans if you could stratford spartans are arguably well no i've been i've been stat tracking since we opened we are coming up to oh it's going to be two years of opening in august i believe 17th of august i think we opened in 2018 so coming up to a two-year anniversary um in the esports sector so we have a, a competition called arena clash uh, spartans are the most successful in terms of like a win rate i think across like 250 individual games that we've played across league of legends overwatch more combat tekken rainbow six FIFA, um, I think all the players we've had have amassed like a 70, 71% win rate, which is just ridiculous, because yeah. we've, we've had like high tier players in Overwatch, like Overwatch team, uh, championship team, uh, they went the entirety of 2019 without losing. Um, no. <laughs> um, we've <What>? had, <laughs> we had, um, we've had brand new players come to games, um, uh, there's a player that has won four different Arena Clash titles through three different games. His name's Killian. Um, well, he's won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's won. He's won in League of Legends. Yeah, he's won in League of Legends three times and Rainbow Six Siege once. The weird thing about the Rainbow Six Siege one is he picked up the game and started playing maybe two weeks before that tournament. So we've had a wide array of different skill um, skill levels from players. Um, so to amass that kind of a, a win rate is incredible. Um, whenever the, there are two tournaments throughout the year that happen that coincide with Insomnia. So I'll usually get like a community of, of Spartans to travel down to Insomnia and we'll support whatever teams, whatever championship teams make the finals. 
as all the finalists basically uh, get to play on the grand stage. Uh, so we'll be down there with 20 to 30 strong in like Spartan jerseys and t-shirts and just cheering on uh, whatever teams, whatever players are on stage, just making it like a massive, friendly, positive community vibe. Um, but every Belong Arena around the country has their own tribe. They have a group of people that effectively are representing them in all of the games that are available. Every Belong Arena has their own jersey design. Um, so people come up to our qualifiers. If they're successful, they join a team, pay for the season, and then they get a jersey with it. And the jerseys are amazing. It just makes you feel like you're a part of something bigger. Um, but in London, it's literally Stratford Spartans against London Lionhearts. London Lionhearts situated in Oxford Street, where their arena has... They got a huge. I think there's 112 PCs in Oxford wow. Street. Like it's a it's a huge mecca of of um, of gaming. Um, it's a really a really amazing um, place to play games after you've done your business in Primark and all that kind of stuff in yeah. Oxford Street. Just go and chill and play some games with people. So yeah, it's all really good. Um, but I'm biased. I'm always Stratford Spartans. Um, I love helping out other communities in other arenas as well, though because uh, that's what it's all about it's what, what I've noticed from working there is um, the community feel that you have when playing these games is far superior to anything when it comes to like playing with strangers or even friends for that matter because sometimes you just want to be with a group of people um, where you're trying to competitively win rather than just chill and play the game so it's nice to be able to choose the different kind of dynamic that you want to play in um, and we have obviously the higher tier players that give tips to the lower tier players so players that in League of Legends started in like silver gold rank when we opened are now like high platinum low diamond so the things they're learning and, and the way that they're all um, getting along with each other is just really good to see oh sick <clears throat> and um the Stratford Spartans definitely deserve high praise for, you know, all the feats they've achieved. Going the whole year and beat it is remarkable. They are truly doing the name Spartan a justice. Big time. <laughs> and, yeah, nothing but respect. <laughs> Big time. Um, so let's talk about you personally, Kyle. What have you been playing since this lockdown started 17 years ago in March? So, I have been playing, um, for the most part, League of Legends, Overwatch, Rocket League. That's my carousel of ranked games. Um, Valorant, I included in that as well. And in a lockdown period, or in a period where you're, like, you have a week off and you just want to, you just want to find something new and have some new games to, to join into, um... It was a Steam sale, as there always is, and I spent money, as I always do. Um, and I bought a few games that were really amazing. Um, I'm, I'm massive on indie games. Um, so one is called Mini Metro. It's this really s simplistic, calming game where um, various shapes will appear on the screen, uh, pretty much resembling underground stations, and other shapes will appear next to them, um, smaller shapes that are custom 
passengers that want to get to the other stations. And it's just a case of mapping out underground lines and seeing how far you can get without a station getting overcrowded. Um, so that was a really amazing game for me to find in the quarantine season. Um, I bought Frostpunk. I've been playing Frostpunk. I bought, I want to say it's called Cloudpunk. I think there's, yeah, I think I've got Cloudpunk as well. Um, my my games on my PC are, are an absolute nightmare. I, I have <laughs> I have too many of them. Um, there are no such thing as too many games. That's I right. am okay. On Steam, I have in excess of now 320 games. <laughs> okay, well, what's, the... <laughs> yeah. How, what's the highest number of hours you've put into a game? Ooh, I would say... It would have to be League of Legends. League of Legends doesn't tell you um, how many hours you put into it, but um, I would say, actually, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> yeah, so last time I went on the website, which was like a month ago, there's this website called, I think it's wastedon.lol. It basically will tell you how many hours you have effectively wasted on League of Legends. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's also a website called, um, I want to say it's spent on LOL or something like that, which is the same format, only it tells you how much you spent on skins and various things like that. Um, Yo. <laughs> I think I've done on League about 75 to 80 days worth of playing over the last six years, um, which is like 1,800 to 2,000 hours on... See? <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 huge numbers, but uh, Rocket League, Rocket League, I think I've the hours now. Uh, it's just, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yep. See you now by two hundred and forty hours. I thought that doesn't look so bad, does it? Oh. When you said seventy-five to eighty, I thought you were gonna say hours. I was gonna be like, oh, okay, oh. all right, fair enough. And you said days. Oh. I'm like, what? That's one of those games, I'm telling you. You I'm mean eight-hour days, right? You know what? I finally did something so amazing yesterday. I uninstalled League of Legends. What? And I felt amazing for 47 minutes because I installed it right back. <laughs> <laughs> I installed it right back. I installed. I uninstalled Overwatch as well. Un Overwatch is still uninstalled. Um, I'm not a person that can go into games that have a competitive mode and play the other modes i always have to go to competitive i always have to um test myself to the limit um because back in the day when i was playing uh call of duty world at war in the xbox 360 being a gamer that's born with one hand and being in the top thousand in the world that is huge bragging rights and i've just been addicted to those bragging rights ever since so it's just a case of me wanting to test myself as much as possible in these games but it's strange that the games I've spent the most time on, I am the worst at rank-wise. Because in League of Legends, I'm a silver player. In Rocket League, I'm a diamond player. So I don't understand what's happening there. I might have to get some professional help in, in, in trying to figure out exactly why that is. Because I'm doing things in these games that I definitely, um, I definitely should be a higher rank. In my opinion, anyway. Um, but... I yeah, that, those are those are pretty much the games I've been playing throughout the last three months. I would say mostly, um, and obviously at the same time, it's just losing my mind. Well, I add that in there as well. 
course, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned that you were in the top 1,000 players in the world on Call of Duty. Yes. That is very remarkable as well. So big up yourself for that. Shout outs and praises due there. Um, Thank you, kindly. Thank you kindly. That yeah, that's truly amazing. I think we'll try to smooth in now into um, talking about esports, and I will put a bit of a a disclaimer out there that although we are aware, then we're not going to touch on them on this pod. We're not going to touch on the accusations, those that have been um, admitted, denied, um, involving community members, players management we are just going to talk about how esports can be expanded and um its purest form so talking about esports and i'm gonna put the disclaimer out there right now my knowledge is very limited um let's ask isaac isaac you haven't said anything in a while when it comes to esports what do you like? What's your favorite esport to watch? Do you have any favorite personalities? Uh, I guess like my favorite esport has to be Smash Brothers. Um, just a fun game. It's really no, almost it's not hectic. That's the um, that's when like you just get all your mates and play with items. But it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think what it is for me is. It could have been any um, competitive esports, but like when I started watching the Smash Brothers games, um, it was the commentators. Like they're really knowledgeable. Yeah. They're always like really hype when they discuss it, and they clearly love the game they play. Um, and it could have been any esports that I watched and like started watching because it was nearly Tekken, but it became Smash. Uh, favorite personality? Um, I'm not gonna answer that because they might have to stop being my favorite personality due to the things that have come out. But there are, you know, lots of great personalities in Smash, and you know, most people that you do watch, you will, you will just enjoy it from their energy. Everyone's got a really high energy, and I think I've noticed that throughout all veins of esports, it's something people get really like passionate about. Um, hearing you talk about it, Kyle, like it's something that you seem to really get involved with. Like when you said you, you just avoid the the non-competitive elements of games when you play them, and you go straight to the competitive elements. I think that's the best part of esports. It really brings out uh, the best in people, I think. Yep. Oh, cool. Great answer. Um, yeah, Smash is amazing. And when you speak about it, Isaac, it almost sounds like there's a mixture of methodical anal- analysis and, you know, hype whenever you speak about Smash. So, um I can tell that you truly enjoy that game. Um, Just wish I was good at it. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's truly great to watch. It's truly great to play. Uh, And, yeah, competitive Smash is just very intense. Surprisingly intense for a game that was intended for, you know, for a party. Very intense. Um, When you, like put the kids away the adults can like play and that's when the serious stuff goes down um how about yourself kyle do you have a favorite you know esport game or there's several games that you put up there that whenever you see them that's you um 
it's interesting because right so there are a number there are a number of um games that i watch esport wise and uh, like isaac touched touched on it's sometimes it's purely dependent on what personalities are present that will pretty much make or break whether you're going to enjoy um, watching certain games in that specific moment. Um, League of Legends, uh, I watch for the most part, especially when certain teams are playing or certain crowds are in play or certain commentators. Um, we had a commentator that used to well, caster, sorry. We had a caster that used to cast for League of Legends Arena Clash back in the day. His name was Hipgrim. And I think now he does the UKLC. And he's one of my favorite um, casters when it comes to how he talks about the game, the hype he puts into um, everything that's going on. Um, Big Hungry Phil is another personality that uh, I love. He is mostly in Overwatch, but he kind of dabbles in various other things as well um but when it comes to when it comes to watching esports i i'm pretty much not fast i'll watch anything that's there that kind of gives me that same energy and um as much as i love games like rainbow six siege they're not the easiest for a a new viewer to come in to understand what's going on uh, because that is pretty much what's uh, made or break made or break broken um, various esports titles because of the fact that as a viewer coming in, you have to understand what's going on. Like if you've never played the game before, you have to be able to watch it and see. Okay, like I can tell to an extent what's going on. That's why CS:GO is one of the still one of the most popular and most consistent because it's literally a five v five you know you have to eliminate the other team by just killing them or applying the bomb or whatever. And, and that's li literally it. That's just the basics of it. Um, Overwatch went through a really random phase um, last year. Uh, I think it was last year. Uh, do you, and do you play Overwatch, any of you? Dabbled in it? Um, I, no, I, I like the story. I haven't touched on yeah, it. I've not played Overwatch, but... Okay. So there was a there was a hero that they brought out. Her name was Brigitta, and she is a support that has a shield and has a lovely melee weapon that she can literally just flail in front of her and just crack you over the skull with it, just constantly, just letting all hell break loose. So back in the day in Overwatch, there was only one meta that was called dive. You'd basically have heroes that kind of complemented each other's speeds and effectively diving onto the enemy's heads and basically killing them like that. And then this character came out and um, there was an esports team that was utilizing her to a massive advantage. And their team happened to be called GOATS. Um, and GOATS stands for, stands for Go Out All Tanks and Supports. I think. Maybe I've got the first two words wrong. Anyway. You pick three tanks and you pick three supports and you just wreak havoc. Overwatch in that stage was just, it, it just wasn't encouraging to watch at all because every single team, like you, you've got these professional esports teams all playing the same meta. Like the same six 
heroes every single time for an entire year, it just got really boring. So Overwatch, as inside of a game as it is, um, the dynamic of uh, watching a game and how you can appreciate a game kind of changes and shifts over time. Um, I think fighting games will always have the mantle when it comes to the most exciting and the most hype because like Isaac said, it's it's just the personalities, it's just the commentary. Like once you have certain people hyping up in the way they do and it might just be like the excess of melanin that's in the fighting community as well. I don't know where it is. Like they just <laughs> hype up they hype up fighting games like a madness. And they'll banter in a friendly and um not BM way and it's it's just it's just all really cool and really good to see. So I'm big on um yeah, I would say top three League of Legends, Overwatch and Tekken. I can't pick one. I really can't. <laughs> I can't at all. No, that's fair. Cause, it's too difficult. Yeah. I think when you're so close to an industry, it can be difficult to just yeah. pick one. Um, yeah, a lot of times there'll be several standouts at the same time. So I can, yeah, I can accept that. Uh, Akira, how about yourself? Do you have any esports that interest you? To be honest, up until now, I didn't realize that Smash was considered an eSports. When I think of eSports, I just think of, like, FIFA and the racing games and stuff like that. And they don't particularly pique my interest. Um, Yeah, no, I'm really a story-based person. Okay. At this moment, I enjoy. You know, I actually I agree with what Isaac said. That like, I enjoy watching other people play these games because they get so excited and they draw you into it. But yeah, it's, it's not for me. I just like I just like the vibe. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's completely fair. And I think that's an interesting thing you said there when you said you didn't realize Smash was an esport. I think the industry or the 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 very nature of esports has grown and expanded so much in such a short amount of time that now different types of games are being considered, you know, acceptable for this competitive scene, like your Smash, like Fortnite, like Apex, like League of Legends. Mm-hmm. And now there's just so many because, as um, Kyle and Isaac have stated, different personalities and different games will attract different viewers because there will be some people who won't like watching street fighter or tekken but they will go absolutely bananas for fortnite or for league of legends because they love those kind of games and in the same breath you will have people who are just totally into fighting games and won't watch anything else just because that's a different type of vibe and there isn't really a right and wrong when it comes to these type of games. Um, it's to be enjoyed by very different people. Esports um, is all over the place. Yeah. All over the place. You know, I think it. Was, I want to think it was last year. I don't. I definitely wasn't this year. Last year they had a, um, a farming simulator league. Oh my days! Yes. Oh I. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. Like, okay, so so think about the FGC, think about, like, the prize pools or lack thereof, and then 
think about like last year them announcing a farming simulator league with a $250,000 prize pool and we were just Ooh, all looking at it like 250,000 thousand thousand dollars prize pool how like, I don't know what? like who would they been sponsored here's, by? Here's the thing. I I need to. I, I'm a very open-minded gamer. So anytime I I see something like that that shocks me, I have to like invest my time. But okay, there must be a reason why this game has such a backing in the way it does. But I don't know. I I just I just can't see the I can't see the appeal of was, was there a large around. Audience? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure if there was a large like once the once the announcement came out, I didn't really pay attention to it anymore. I just thought to myself, there's gonna be half a million paid out to literally just moving around some 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 bits of hay and some carbon harvesters and all that kind of stuff. Like it 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 kind of set me back a bit. But it also made me realise just how versatile esports could be. Um it's to the point where, um, like with the racing and FIFA, or especially racing, the racing, the esports in that is so close to the real thing, um, it actually pulls in, or it's starting to pull in quite quite good numbers. Um, so you've got you've got esports for Formula One, and you've got one for NASCAR as well. I've I can't remember what TV channel it was. One of the TV channels um, actually hosted one of the one of the races like, a couple of months ago, um, and it was it was really popular. It was really popular. Um, but yeah, it it has a it's got a unique uh, niche in the market. I would say the farming simulator one. I, I still will never get over that one though. That was just weird. Damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would not have known that if you didn't tell me that just now. Yeah, it was it was a it was a strange it was a strange thing to come out. There are certain and I think um to touch on esports and its expansion, I think that that is always in the back of the minds of people that are making multiplayer games now. They want to make a game that can be the next esport. Um, which is why Hyperscape has as much of a following as it does now, which is why Valorant is essentially going to be the next uh, big thing to come out in esports, because people have, players have signed for teams in Valorant. Um, they had signed before the game was even officially out. They signed for teams when it was in beta. And to have that much power in an industry just just says a lot in terms of, of where everything's going and and what everything what can pretty much happen in the future. We had like the biggest players in Overwatch say they weren't playing Overwatch anymore because of how much they weren't enjoying the game to come over to a game that hadn't even been released. Um, so it's all it's all really really interesting how everything's kind of playing its part. Uh, oh, Call of Duty, by far the best live event you can go to esports wise. That is, it is amazing. Call of Duty is amazing life. Especially with the UK crowd. The UK crowd is something else. It's basically like being at a football match, only you're watching <laughs> 10 screens. Like, it's it's amazing. And then a caster will just randomly bring out a beach ball and just hit in the crowd. And like, so many, 
it's so good. So, so good. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, I can see that. Call of Duty has been uh, quite the cult classic when it comes to the UK fandom. Yeah. So I can I can see that being up there. Personally, for me, I really enjoy watching uh, fighting game esports. So your Dragon Ball Fighters, your Tekken 7s, your Street Fighters, uh, Street Fighter 5s. Um, and I'm not sure if there's just one particular reason behind it or there are several. I think when you marry up all the, all the different elements, like the commentators and the players, the intensity they're given to the game, the hype from the fans... And the fact that it's very close to a to an MMA setting or a, a wrestling like platform, I think yeah. all of that is what is attractive to me. Um, so yeah, I, I'll pretty much watch any fighting game tournament. And um, I'm a big fan of Sonic Fox. Oh yeah. I think I think they are they are an absolute legend. I'm a big fan of what they stand for, a big fan of just their behavior. They have a presence that you can't, you just can't ignore. Yeah. Um, comparable to Conor McGregor in, in the Octagon or the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, just an absolute presence where when this person is around, you want to flock to this person. Yeah, You want to be around that good energy. Um and someone else I'm really big on is Goichi, who is actually Sonic Fox's rival in Dragon Ball Fighters and in other games. So it's 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 almost like they push each other to become even better than they currently are, and they're arguably number one and number two in certain fighting games in the world. So I think once you have a good rival that is um, an extra element to the entertainment value of a competition. Yeah. Because um, someone is only as good as what they've had to overcome to win. So I think those are all elements that I find great to watch. I'm trying to think of that guy that in a recent tournament, someone really... Um really really challenged uh sonic fox i'm trying to remember the name i think it was ninja killer or something like that there's this there's this black kid coming in into the mortal kombat scene and he he's literally like the closest competitor now that um that ninja fox has oh sorry, ninja fox that sonic fox has um he came in nearly beat him in just... Tekken 7 didn't he yeah he was like yeah. right into the wire yeah that's, that's hmm. what I'm saying. That's what, it's the melanin. The melanin is the <laughs> melanin just hit it's... different. <laughs> hit different. That's that's why I'm 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 an advocate for trying to see it more in in other titles. Because um, I don't want I don't want the world to kind of fall into a a pattern where League of Legends players look like this or Call mm. of Duty players look like that. Like there is, there has to be, there has to be more to it than, than just always looking for a certain, a certain cosmetic, I guess, if you will, for for looking towards these teams. The first time when it 
when it really struck me was in the Overwatch League, and it went franchised, and they were making different teams based on on cities around the world. And the first time I saw London Spitfire, I was like, Ain't no one in that team looked like they've ever been to London. And I was yeah. right. <laughs> no one, none of them had been to London. Amazing team, still supported them. Um, but in comparison now, Call of Duty came out with the World League this year. And the, I think they're called London Royal Ravens. They are, well, I don't think any of them are from London either, but at least a couple of them are from Manchester. Like, that's close enough. Like they're they're as UK as it comes. So yeah, the representation in in the FGC has always been amazing. Um, it just needs to just needs to now be as vast in in all of the other games. But FGC, like, like I said earlier, for me, it'll it'll always it'll always be the mantle. Like you can always go there and you can always appreciate and you'll definitely get excitement from anything you're watching. Yeah, that that is that is true. That's something I have noticed. There, I think out of all the com- competi- competitive sport, esports, um, a lot of black people tend to center towards those fighting games. And I don't know if that's because that's what they played while growing up and that's always stuck with them. There was always Street Fighter in the house. There was always yeah. Tekken in the house. It might have been that kind of situation. And... Yeah, it is honestly beautiful to see that we are seeing on these big, big global stages, you know, black people getting to the finals, black people winning these um, tournaments. Mm. But I, I I very much agree with your sentiment that I would like to see the other type of games reflected as well. So yep. like in your Valorant and um, your Overwatch and maybe in the Hyperscape that you mentioned, we would like to see a lot of diversity there. Yeah, because. Definitely. The stats are there. We do know that there is a mix when it comes to players. Mm. There are a lot of people from different backgrounds who play all of these games. Why is it always the same archetype that we see on the big stage, earning the big bucks? Something's not adding up. Yeah. And and they're, they're out there for the, the Stratford Spartans when they went on that year unbeaten. Um, one of the players is black. He's top 500 in in Europe, like in ranked. Like this is a person that there needs to be that representation on the bigger stage. Um, the players are definitely out there. I've met so many players from all walks of life that are just so so good at these games. Um, I just I just need to see it. Like, it's just it's just one of the the things I'm I'm working on being an advocate for in the future just just making sure that as much representation as possible is um is seen in all of these different titles um and especially uh, women in esports as well um 100% there are there have been a couple i think unfortunately it's only single digits for Overwatch but there have been some big names in Overwatch there've been quite a lot of names in CS:GO um League of Legends as well, I want to say. Um, fighting game community as well is is good for that. Like fighting game communities just hit every nail on the head when it comes to representation, when it comes to excitement, when it comes to um, just enjoyment and um, above all else versatility. 
because if you if you're not good at Street Fighter, that's cool. Like try try your luck at Blast Blue or try luck at mm. Combat. Like there there will be a game out there for you. Um, like just just see how you get on with them, and then just kind of move on from there. But yeah, representation just is big for me. Big big big. Yeah, I I agree. I think you yeah. I think you just hit every nail on the head. Um, I I think women in esports is definitely an issue to look at. I don't think enough is being done, and maybe it's something that it might be a thing that we need to try to look at early on in you know a gamer's life. If there are schemes that we can do or um, communities such as the ones that you have at Belong that we can have that can maybe integrate this into someone's regular life that it doesn't become such a shock that we see a woman at a pro level playing these games because it's one thing for a woman to be good enough at this game and then it's another thing for them to go through all the torment and bullying they go through when they get to that level. Exactly. And I feel that plays a part in why we don't see as many. That plays a huge part in it. If you yeah. don't feel like there is an environment for you to enjoy the thing that you want to enjoy, you're not going to put yourself forward for a lot of things. And I think as female players, not me personally because I don't really play esports, but anyone who is talented, if some guy or a group of guys come at you with another level of arrogance and you don't have a support system, you're not going to think you're mm. as good as you are. And... Some of these girls could definitely wipe the floor with a number of the mandem who are talking loud, but are basically an empty can. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you lot were in in um, in the venue in Stratford like a year ago, or well, over a year ago. We did our first FIFA tournament. I received a message on Twitter um, from this uh, lady, Mariam, and she was like, "Can is there space for the FIFA tournament?" I was like, "Yeah, roll up." She rolls up to this FIFA tournament. She clattered every guy there. Every guy (laughs) that was there got clattered by Mariam. And the best thing about that was, yes, you'll have maybe one or two that are cocky in themselves, but it was an acceptance of someone being better than them regardless of gender. And that's what was really amazing about that. And she's... Um, she's been con- consistent in terms of competing with anyone that, that rolls up into that arena ever since. And um, it's the great thing of the communities that are across the Belong arenas because all of them have that representation. Um, my second Overwatch team at one point had four or five um, women in the team. Um, got a got a woman that plays Mortal Kombat for Spartans, got uh, a lady named uh, Chloe who plays support in League of Legends. She's a plat player. Um, so like there's so much there's so much representation. But again, it's the representation's fine in, in the grassroots sector. It's fine on the grassroots level. Mm. It's it's getting to it's getting to that next higher level. Um and I see a lot of streamers that are high high tier uh, players, but it's it's kind of almost like this this stigma. If you're not a certain rank, then you're not going to be good enough 
at this level or or whatever. I don't know what it is, um, but there are a lot of a lot of women and a lot of um, people of color that can rock with any of the best when it comes to being in any of these games. Notably, the ones that aren't FGC, because like I said, FGC just hit the nail on the head. You got black guys from UK, America, Africa, Duppian guys. You got <laughs> man from uh, um, I can't for the life of me remember the guy's name. I want to say he's from Bangladesh though. Um, I know his name starts with A or something. There's someone in the Asian community. Um, might be Pakistan. Not sure. They have their own style of playing. I think it is Tekken. Um, mops the floor with everyone, and they'll. It, the time will come. A time will come where the representation will just be so loud. Um, definitely in the next five to ten years, it'll just be so loud to the point where it's it's not even something that that needs to be discussed in the sense of oh we need more representation because the representation will be there and people will, will definitely take notice of everything that's going on. Um, but I think also um, we touched on regarding uh, women in terms of the stigmas that they have to to put up with. There's more in place now um, to protect everyone in every environment. It's just very important for the bodies and the individuals that are at the higher levels, basically in charge of these tournaments and all that kind of stuff, to be the iron fist that basically make sure that all of these rules are enforced whenever they need to be enforced. Like, no no beating around the bush. Like, okay, you, if you're chatting rubbish, that's it, you're gone. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care how big your name is. Um, respect has to come first in this environment. And if you wanna, if you wanna talk your rubbish, then talk it, then 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 perform it in the game. I pull out your controller, I pull out your mouse hmm. and keyboard, and and let's see what you're about. If you can't do that, then find something else. Go go go. Like the Weatherspoons owner said, I, I think I, I think Tesco's hiring. Like do that in it. <laughs> do something else in it. Do something else. This ain't the place for you. It's equality and representation. That is in this environment. If you don't like it, we we can't help you. Can't help you at all. I think the funniest thing for me is when men think they are automatically automatically superior to women just because they're men. Because yeah. we're using the same pad. It's all the same hand-eye coordination. There's not much strength going on here. It's all like twitch muscles and stuff. So I'm not sure why exactly they think they're good gifts to gaming as to they see a woman and they're like, ah, oh, this is an easy win. Like, they have every right to be as good as you, yeah, if not better. It's a, it's a big society thing. It's, it's the way that, it's the way that um, men have been brought up in the past to think that they're not allowed to cry, they're not allowed to have emotions, they're not allowed to be um, worse than someone else. They don't have to work on something based on their gender and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's so many different catalysts that come into play that are much bigger than gaming um but thankfully over the last year or so like more and more has been kind of stamped out uh when it comes to all these things um so like i said like it's it's only going to get more positive like the negativity is really not going to overpower the positivity by any any stretch of the imagination like the negativity the negative people will lose they they just they just don't understand that yet 
<laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll understand it. It's, it's coming. It's coming for them. Oh, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. They just don't know it, but they've already lost. Oh, yeah. you've got your number? <laughs> You're just in a bit of a queue. Wait your turn. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, touching on, on fighting games, just quickly, I like everything, you know, as you said, I just wish the, the prize pools would be a bit more. Oh, they need I, to be a bit more, man. I, I think... I, I do know a lot of um, really good Tekken players, for example, and it's like they, I don't think they're getting you know enough for their winnings personally. So I would just like to see fighting games earn winners more money personally. Yeah. Why do you think they don't get paid as much? How much do they get paid first of all? Um, so I remember my uh, friend saying that. She saw a Street Fighter tournament and they were paying something like, it was five figures, I think. So it might have been 10 or 25k. And then for Tekken, it was four figures. So it's, I know it's all like, you know, by the owners and the sponsors. But I do think because of external factors as in sales and how much pull they bring, viewership, etc. I do think that they should and more for winning Big time. as in, in comparison to other games like your Fortnite, where they're, when they're earning millions for winning and obviously Fortnite is the biggest mainstream game going but i do think i'm not i'm not and i'm not saying tekken should be uh getting what millions per uh tournament win but i do <coughs> think they should be more in those type of games not even like millions, but if you're going to get 25k for playing Tekken, but I could get 250k for playing Farming Simulator, are you not cross? Exactly. Yeah. Last, that's, year, that's, last yeah. year versus fighting, I think the Dragon Ball Fighters prize pool was a thousand. That's prize pool. So I don't even know how much how that was divided. Wait, one thousand uh, pounds. One thousand dollars. That's the entire prize pool. That's not even wow. So, uh, like you said, it's, I wouldn't it's, have it's even taken certain, my jacket like, off. I would have walked right out. Like you taking yeah. this? Like you guys will have gone to work certain, that week. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Certain, <laughs> factors, certain factors definitely play a part. But when you've got people, if you've got people rolling from um, different countries and whatever, and having to pay for hotels just to not even like in their mind, they're thinking, okay, they are breaking even if they get top four, like. In like a 32 or 64 man tournament, if if you're thinking that you need to break top four just to break even, then like prize pools just need to increase like heavily. And these game companies, they can't they can't possibly tell me that they don't have the money to put in. I know they got yeah, the money. They they do. I'm not <laughs> even thinking like different countries. I'm thinking how expensive it is to get a return train ticket. <laughs> Are you telling me a thousand? Nah. No. Yeah, especially, Get out of here. especially like Tekken. <laughs> Didn't um uh, a Pakistani win not too long ago? I think Aslan Arslan. Yeah, that's the guy. Was, that's the guy I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. He 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 won a tournament. So he's flying from a completely different country. You get these in, you know, all of these big global tournaments. And I mean, if the prize pool is being beaten out by. And no disrespect, a game like Farming Simulator, I think there is something wrong with the FGC prize pool system. Yeah, definitely. There definitely I, is. 
I would turn that whole place into Gotham City. Excuse me? Like, <laughs> you wasn't even covered my train ticket to get down here. And I won? No. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do. see how cross I was? <laughs> I do think these are serious things that uh, uh, the necessary people need to look at. So the, 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 the one game that has definitely understood how to pay players... Um, and I think I don't think that most fighting games do this, if not any, but they definitely need to incorporate it. So you see all the um, the in-game uh, costumes and whatever you can buy for like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's a game on PC you might have heard of it called Dota Two. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Same same format as League of Legends. League of Legends was made by uh, ex Dota employees, basically. Um, which is why, like, certain characters will even be very similar to League ones. Anyway, they have an in-game store, and a, a small percentage of anything you buy in that store goes to the prize pool of the tournament at the end of the year. Oh. And um, it's a really, really good way of kind of increasing the incentive <clears throat> for for these players to basically be like spending their time playing your game to then be able to you know actually make something out of it but the prize pools are, are stratospheric as you could imagine so um the tournament's known as the international so the last international i am seeing here the total prize pool was 34.3 million wow as a Bro. total prize pool so, never see me again. Yeah, and it, and it just it just keeps increasing every year. Um, I think if you I think if you come fourth, you still win a million. Like it's just damn something. It's something That's mad. Worth your time. Is that taxable or? I don't know. Uh, I would assume yes. It sounds like you're looking to get into playing Dota. I, I might be I'm looking to pay off this student loan. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, but, it's, yeah. it's it's something different with and um like there's a on the online you can find all of the Dota 2 prize trackers and things like that like prize pools for different tournaments that aren't just um the main one but all the prize pools are still massive i think the last time i went on the website i think it was i think the lowest prize pool i saw was 40,000 like, that's the lowest like it's averaging a good 100 Two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. Um. So it's 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 interesting, to say the least, in terms of how much money should be in the FTC, and for whatever reason isn't. Um, I'm sure many people have debated on why that's the way it is and all that kind of stuff, but it still doesn't make a massive amount of sense to me, in terms of why things are the way they are all strange yeah yeah i carry those same sentiments and um i think that's a nice um scheme that dota have there at least it's going to a good cause at least it's yeah. going towards something that people are seeing mm. you know it's not going into whatever dividends on back roots and back into the ceo's pocket and stuff even though it might do indirectly but it's going to these tournaments that theoretically anyone could win yeah, it just makes the FGC look 
all, all the praise when I was doing for FGC before, they're, they're one of my favorite communities, and yet the prize pools, uh-huh. you can come <laughs> last place in Dota and still win more than if you played like six, seven, eight different FGC tournaments. You'd still win more. Yes. Like it's just for coming last. I don't make sense. <laughs> don't make sense. I think I I think that what Dota are doing are it is great and I think I would very much like to see a lot more fighting game companies implement similar strategies into the next gen with the arrival of the PS5 and the Series X. Yeah. Um just want to touch on a game that we lightly mentioned, uh, Hyperscape. Yes. Don't know if you saw Ubisoft Forward, another FPS battle royale game. And as you said, Kyle, a lot of teams are now making these games with esports being the big goal, being you know the big competitive uh, scene. Do we think? Do you think Hyperscape? can reach similar success to games such as Fortnite and Apex Legends? Mm, it all depends on the... Um, it all depends on how well the game runs. Um, that is one of the things that has been really good for Fortnite. Um, the popularity of a game would, would be determined usually by the amount of downtime it has, and the amount of bugs it has. Fortnite obviously caters to to the younger audience, so that's why Fortnite has been the way it is. Um, I think Hyperscape is a 16-rated game, if I remember correctly. So that immediately, um, from a legality standpoint, kind of um, puts certain things out the window in terms of how successful it can be. So effectively, it's only compared to, realistically, it's going to be Apex. Um, And I think it has the potential to to outdo Apex, it it definitely it definitely brings a lot of fascinating um, dynamics to the table. Um, whether it will or not remains to be seen. Um, it did drop because I, I took part in a closed beta. Um, no, we have to sit on someone's Twitch stream and and hope that you you've got a drop and all this kind of mm, stuff. So yeah, yeah, got my code, installed it, and. It, it has, it's good initially, and then it'll kind of drop off a little bit. It's 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 got a lot of things that need a deeper understanding that you can't just you can't necessarily just search up. Like it has a little tutorial section. It will, it will tell you what items do. It won't necessarily give you examples and whatever um, to use these items in various situations. Um, so I think when it was in closed beta, it kind of dropped to like like low hundreds, like the low of the top 100 um, in terms of popularity on Twitch. So it it dropped pretty pretty steadily. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm still in two minds about that one. Um, it it has a massive amount of potential though, because of because of it's just unique in in how it looks and how it plays. Um, the hacks is a very interesting uh, way of doing things um, because ultimately you're, you're you're effectively choosing how your character 
um, will play out the situation, the, the game essentially. Like you're not you're not fixed on with Apex where you have a certain amount of abilities and you can only use these abilities throughout the game because they're tied to the character. Like you can you can just pick a skin and then just pick whatever hacks off the off the map that you want and then just use them to your advantage. Uh, so it 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 interests me. It does it does pique my interest. Um, I'll have to I'll have to wait and see what it does. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it six months to see what it can really do. Because what games have to remember as well that they're, they're competing with a, a console launch as well. That they're is gonna, true. They're gonna they're gonna be competing with PS5. So they're gonna they need to they need to make things so amazing to the point where if something drops off in terms of their numbers when those consoles come out it won't even matter because i've seen games in the past that just died because another game decided to come out or be around the same time as the other um so do you guys remember anthem yeah <laughs> yeah have you has anyone played anthem nope, nope. <laughs> anthem, was a, anthem was amazing but you would have never known because EA, for whatever reason, decided to bring out Apex Legends a, a week before Anthem came out. Oh. So they oh. they advertised their game, did like a, a reveal and whatever, and then was like, yeah, you can download this now. And everyone's like, now? And everyone went on to Origin, downloaded it, and then boom. So, okay, so you just affected the sales of, of your own game. That's a bit... And that's an example of a company doing it themselves. I don't even think they realized exactly what was going to happen. Um, but there was another game uh, that happened uh, with years ago uh, called Battleborn. Battleborn was a game that kind of played like um, Smite on the PC. It was kind of this... You'd kind of... I think you would have 18 levels, and every time you hit another level, you rank up, but you have to choose one ability or the other. Um, really interesting... I want to say it was 5v5. And the unfortunate thing about that is that game came out at the same time Overwatch did. So Battleborn brought yeah. out their beta. Overwatch brought out their beta. Battleborn went down to 2.99 in stores. That was it. It was gone. Oof. It was it was just um, it was just a write off from that point. So it's it's the timing. I know game I know Publishers and developers, they like to take a risk. So, like, yeah, we know this is coming out at this point, but we have to put this out now. Otherwise, someone else might come out with something that is better than ours and all that kind of stuff. So, it's all everything now is always a race against time. Um, Hyperscape does have potential. It does have potential. Has, has anyone tried it yet? Has anyone downloaded Open Beta? Um, I have not yet. It's, no, no, yeah, I just watched good. it, but it looks like it's a lot good. of fun. Yeah, it's it's fun. It is definitely fun. It um, it gives me the same fun factor as a Splatoon. Okay. It, it it really has that that kind of fun factor. Um. But again, like I was saying, they're they're bringing these games out to have a kind of a competitive nature. Would this game, on a competitive landscape, be able to 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 compete with the excitement of Apex? Watching an Apex stream is exciting as hell. Um, when it comes to the competitive, it's it's just so so ridiculous how many teams will end up in this ridiculously tiny circle 
Whereas when you're playing the game, it'll be like two teams. Two teams in a tiny circle, you're all good. Esports are 15 teams left, and they're casting like it's normal. So I think Hyperscape is going to go down that same path. Um, but it, it has it has a lot of potential. It, again, it's just the, it's just down to it's just down to how they execute it. And most importantly, they if that game isn't available on the new consoles, then they'll just kill their own. Their own thing. Like it has to be on PS5 and Xbox Series. They they have to put it on there. I agree. I think if it's not on those next gen consoles, it will harm themselves. Uh, you know, even though both consoles are look, are built to have backwards compatibility, I think mm. you're gonna have a lot of gamers who just want to get that game on the higher res console. Um, you've got to have them on those game on those consoles. Yeah. Yeah. You did mention timing, which is very important when it comes to releasing a game. Mm. So. Following on from this Ubisoft forward, we did get an announcement that Assassin's Creed Valhalla is mm. built to come out the 17th of November, I believe. That's like wow, a, that's, like that's a, a good time. A I whole think, two yeah. days before Cyberpunk 2077 is built to come out. That's what I'm saying. Like I can very well see the same thing happening here. Because uh, not a lot of, you know... <laughs> the average gamer is going to buy two games that comes out on the same day. They're going to have to make that choice, one or the other. And then that other game is most likely just going to get lost to time. But you know what? That 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 information is very important because Cyberpunk 2077, if you've noticed from the advertising, is heavily Xbox. Like they've, yes. they've yeah. pumped in the money to... to so it will not surprise me if um, Ubi deliberately selected that date and they're, um, they're basically doing their exclusive with PlayStation. Because they usually do. Every, all of their... Like when, I've, when I've been selling their games, all of their Assassin's Creed games will have an extra mission and extra bonuses in the PS copy in comparison to the Xbox copy. Mm. So I think they've deliberately done that to kind of shed away the sales of cyberpunk um because then that will mean that they can they will sell more consoles as well because i'm assuming assassin's creed valhalla will have a like one of those free upgrade ps5 kind of deals going on because i i'm predicting that the next gen consoles are going to come out late november yeah um, um i think each of us think Mid to late November is when we'll get the yeah. next gen consoles. Yeah. What an auspicious time! Great yeah. time of year. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna predict 20th and 27th of November, because they did it with the PS4 and Xbox One. They they released like a week, um, a week apart. A week, yeah. Um, and I can wait. <laughs> we had we had FIFA. I think it was FIFA 14. It would have been at the time, release on PS3 normally. And then we had the stock for the PS4 version like two weeks before we even had the console. And that was our first indication into like how the console wars will play out in terms of when they pick their release dates and to a lesser extent the um, the space that you need to install those games. Because when we looked on the back and saw how much space they needed, I was like, boy, I was like, I'm used to this stuff because w- I'm on PC. You console people are used to all this, all this installing and downloading and, yeah. and and waiting for things, things like that. So yeah, I think I think Valhalla's um, 
release date is is deliberate. Um, did they? They only announced Far Cry Six, didn't they? They didn't actually do a date for that one. Uh, that date has been 18th of February, actually. Ah, so I think they're. F- nope. Yep, that makes sense. Wait, hold on. Watch Dogs Legion in October. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So that's interesting. So I wonder if they're competing with anything that comes out in October as well. Because they're gonna they're gonna try and get every everything they can get. Um in this console war this alleged console war like i i don't know why it exists <laughs> but it, it exists and and i'm all for it I, I guess um but it's gonna be unfortunately once again a good bad year for games good in the sense that there's so many amazing ones coming out bad that i just don't have money for them they need to yeah. just stop <laughs> Yeah, I think that's going to be a, um, a common theme throughout a lot of gamers' uh, wallets this time yeah. of year. <laughs> um, yeah, I think on that we will uh, wrap up. I have one question here that I'd like to ask everyone. Um, Kyle, I will go with you first. If you could change one thing regarding esports, what would that be? Uh, price for FGC. Um, <laughs> no, no, actually, no. I've got a better. I've got a better one. Just, just uh, more diversity. Uh, that'll be my. That'll be my main thing. That's my main number one for esports. More diversity. Good answer. Nice, Isaac. Uh, oh, I'm glad Carl decided not to go with this, but I'm gonna go with like the prize pool. Because yeah. um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I was going to go with that But okay <laughs> um, It's just because like, Smash players get paid the least um, And I find that like really surprising Because they bring in some of the largest numbers Compared to some of the other games And it just seems really unfair Especially the amount of skill that I've seen like Go into this game um, So it would be good for like the FCG players to be rewarded for what they do because it, it's very technical what they do. Like if you were to just go online and like look at certain techniques that people might do in fighting games, you can't you can't just do that. That takes mm. a lot of practice, takes a lot yeah. of skill, and you know they they do this and entertain us, and they're not getting what their counterparts should. So increase that price pool. That would be nice and more support from like developers, not developers. I guess developers, especially in terms of Smash, because Nintendo gets involved, like, they get involved massively, like, behind the scenes and whatnot, um, and help facilitate, like, the entire venue in, in some cases, but when it comes to the price pool itself, they're not helping in that regard. It's just stuff mm. they give, which is good, but at the same time, like, you know, look after your champions. And you know they could. Easily. <laughs> Nintendo's got money. Like I think I read something years ago, but like they could go they could just make a loss for seven years and be fine. They'd yeah. be absolutely fine. Yeah. Wow. How about you, Akira? If you could change one thing about esports. It would be my skill sets. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I heard there's money in these games. I need to stop doing story based <laughs> stuff. <laughs> A recession is coming, guys. 
I have 50 pounds saved. It's not looking good. Um, well, I guess what both Kyle and Isaac have said, pay these people the money. These are tangible skills in it, fast motor reflexes. You don't just get that. You only see it in movies. So when you see it in real life, you need to run in their coin. Like, you really do. And I think maybe just more open spaces. We're seeing it a lot more now. People are being vocal about what they want, what they don't want, bad things that are happening and good things that are happening. We need, we definitely need more open spaces for people to feel comfortable and just to create these spaces, like, so that more people of colour can come forward and be like, actually, you know what, I think I could work floor with you in this game and I also feel comfortable in the space to do it. We need to just make more space. There's enough for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, really happy with those answers. Those are really good. Uh, I think, I think for me, I would like to see esports. It, it's already doing this, but take on a greater form in the ter- in terms of the way we see sport distributed on TV. You see it on Sky Sports, BT Sport, Eurosport, and that's just what you get in the UK. I think we could very well see TV channels, um, dedicated uh, channels on YouTube and Twitch that are dedicated to showing eSports competitions in a very sports environment. So the way you would see pre and post interviews in certain sports the way you'd hear commentators discuss very technical terms and hopefully they keep everything that got esports the popularity it got in the first place so like not just getting you know a couple of suits in to commentate on a game of fifa now just because it's mainstream but getting people who are truly invested in fifa big fans of the um the technological advancements and can deliver authentic and professional commentary. I think I'm talking about the overall professional package of esports could be the next best, the next best thing. And that, yeah. And there are there are a lot of people complaining about you know esports potentially becoming an Olympic sport. Good. I hope you keep complaining because esports is only going one way up. Yep. They are going to us somehow. The tears are more complaints of their money, so... <laughs> um, and also, when I mentioned earlier about we wouldn't talk about the abuse and stuff and the allegations, I wasn't trying to erase any um, stories or any um, experiences that any of the victims had gone through. I think everyone who has come forward is super brave, and um, you have my respect because that's not an easy thing to go through and to come out and um, talk about, I think you are some of the most brave people ever and um i hope that i didn't offend anyone when i said that we're not erasing your experience um yeah um okay socials kyle you have the floor talk to the people out there because i'm sure you would have gained some fans from uh the streamcast um let the people know where they can find you (laughs) i am on uh, Twitter at Kyron London, K Y R A N L O N D O N. Um, Instagram one K O O L future. You can see all of my photography and 
occasionally frantically posting memes all over the place. Um, <laughs> aside from that, that's pretty much it. Um, Westfield Stratford, Belong Stratford, you'll find me there. You'll find me upstairs, probably dancing to some random music and just just having fun, enjoying the customers' conversations and anger at Fortnite gameplay and that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like it's beautiful. Um, yeah, you'll you people will hear of me. People will hear of me. I've I've got I've got some things in the pipeline uh, that I'm ho- I'm I'm working on. So uh, it's 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 going to be onwards and upwards. I'll I'll come back on when 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 everything's up and running. And and we'll have a we'll have a nice lovely talk about uh, what will be happening in the future for everyone that is amazing. Uh, but thank you kindly for having me on here. I will I will take the opportunity now and say yes. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. I no. sipped my Rabina in peace and just <laughs> talked about some esports games and it was lovely. So yeah. Those are my literally my only two socials. I've got YouTube as well. We won't talk about YouTube. I've not uploaded in two years. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, being on. Uh, you can keep the conversation going with us at Twitter and Instagram at Streamcast underscore. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Streamcast. Uh, check out our website, thestreamcast.co.uk. We have quite a few blogs up there right now. Um, if you'd like to contribute a blog, let us know. You can get to us via the Twitter or the Instagram. And don't forget our Patreon if you feel so inclined. We have our $3 Patreon tiers who get a shout out. Our $5 Patreon tiers who get all of this content a day early. And our $10 tier um, patrons will get exclusive content as well. For example, when we played 21 Questions with Alan, and um, he pretty much scratched his head for 30 minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's all good. And um, I think this is the first pod going out this month, so I'll do the shout-outs now. Um, thank you very much for the support. Our official Patreon, Spilt Milk Studios, and our early Patreon, Melanin Gamers, thank you very much for your support. Hey. the world to us. Um, but yeah, that's all that we've got time for on this episode of the Streamcast. We will be back soon. Take care. Stay safe. <laughs>